Area code 682556. Is this Amos? Yes, it is. All right, Amos. Well, welcome to the Booker Douglas Family and Friends Network. And uh, like I said earlier, this, this is simply just a blog where we are just talking about family issues, uh, be it birthdays, anniversaries. I just played a clip. This is the first time I did this, but I played a clip about how the dollar is going to die very soon, how, you know, people are pulling their money out and putting their money in Japanese yen and putting their money in the euro and putting their money. And the businessman is selling out the America, American public, putting jobs overseas because something is about to happen. And they ain't showing no love towards Americans. So I played the, the video called The Day the Dollar Died. Kind of just, you know, we have something called, Amos, uh, the Booker Business section of the show, the Booker Business section. And at this time, that time of the show, that's between 9.30 and 10, we talk about economic stuff like, you know, job openings for mainly young people. And uh, just just anything economically that we think might help the family. You know, we're trying. I mean, it ain't no grade A show yet, but we're trying to just educate the family, you know. And that's why I did that Day the Dollar Died. It's a little bit over people's head, I'm sure, because it's, it's talking about the economy. But I do believe this dollar's going to die. But anyway, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, what you're well, saying is very true. It's very true, and I have a heard of that, you know, in abbreviated form, but it's going to get a more packed amount of time to go on. But what you're saying, you're right on the money. Of course, I don't have all the details as to, you know, what's going to happen when, but just know uh, it's, it's in the making. And I think we can kind of sense it in there. There's all kind of evidence to support what you're saying. So in the yeah. near future, I'm sure we'll get more information in regards to what you're saying particularly. Yep, yep, and uh, if people only knew how much, you know, me and Arlene talk about this a lot, but Arlene, she kind of, you know, she don't like it. It's too gloomy for her. She thinks it's too negative, and people want to live. You want to raise your kids, and they want to, you know, women don't, don't, a lot of women, not all women, not all women, but a lot of women don't like to hear this kind of talk because it's, it's gloomy, and everybody want to live, and people want to enjoy their life. I don't want to hear all this negative stuff. But the bottom line of it is, is America has done a whole lot to impoverish other nations. Now it's her time. And so the Most High have already declared in Revelation 17 about this whore, this, this nation that's called a whore, or better known as Babylon. And when you look at the characteristics right. of Babylon, you look at the United States, we are Babylon, whether we want to face it or not, and her end is not good. But anyway, I want to turn it to no Bible study. It's your night. It's your night. We want to hear from Amos Howard and all your experiences and different things you've experienced and known about uh, Azalee and Caleb Booker's children and their children. So, again, welcome to the show. And let me start off by you introducing just how you are, how you are related to the family or came into the family or what connection do you have to the family. I'm going to let you describe that. Okay. Uh, first of all, of course, I am Amos Howard, and uh, I've been known the Booker the Booker family since uh, 1955, which uh, also is telling my age. But at this point, I don't care. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I never yeah, met the Booker. Your, didn't, you, didn't you have your 80th birthday? 
You're on the February the fifth and a party. I sure did. That is amazing. Eighty years old. I'm trying to think if Ain't Robbie is that old. I don't think Ain't Robbie is that old, Amy. You might be the oldest guest we've had on the show. I might be a year older than Robbie. I, I might be a year older than her, you know. But anyway, as far as the birthday is concerned, I had, uh, years ago, if anyone had told me that uh, once I got this age, I would be in the same frame of mind and looking at the world the same way, I would have kind of doubted them. But thank God to my strong belief in God, that, uh, you know, he's brought me this far. And uh, I found also age is, is different. Age, you know, age is the attitude, more, uh, first of all. It's how you feel about everybody and how you feel about yourself. And uh, what you accept is truth in knowing God as a whole. That has a lot to do with age. It's not necessarily how long you've been here, but it's what you've been through while you were here is what aged you. You've heard people say, I'm sure that, man, they haven't aged a bit, this, that, and other. But uh, and that's a lot of truth in that because we all we know we've been here a long time. But anyway, that's another thing. But I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, I did have my 80th birthday, and I appreciate it very much. And I thank God first of all that He allowed me to be here, and I also realize that it's not by accident that I'm here. I'm here for a specific pur- purpose. And fortunately enough, I think I'm on to what I'm here for. Uh, a lot of us do, I know, and a lot of us don't. But we have an assignment at birth. We all have an assignment. And if we're fortunate, a lot of us had already discovered what our assignment is. You don't decide what your assignment is. You discover it because your assignment was given to you way before you had an idea of what it was. Okay. But as far as the books are concerned, like I say, I met uh, Ms. Hazelie and Mr. Caleb Booker back in 1955. I just gotten out of the Army. And my brother, Monroe, he had already been here in Fort Worth. I relocated in Fort Worth in 1955. And uh, Monroe was telling me about this family he met, and he was high on the bookers. He told me, man, this family, you just got to meet them. There's some nice people and all this, you know. So I was, uh, of course, anxious to meet everyone, so I did. And uh, I joined with the Chapel Church, the same church they were going to in 1955. And... Uh, that was now, did well. you join? Hold on. Did you join Wesley Chapel as being influenced by the book, or did, were you join Wesley Chapel because of other reasons? Uh, no, I joined Wesley Chapel because it was a. First of all, I had initially belonged to a Methodist church, and it was a Methodist church, and it seemed like it was in tune with what I was used to, you know. And just so happened that the Booker family was there too, which that made it all the more better, especially since I was, you know for obvious reasons, interested in the book of family, you know, as will be uh, brought out a little bit later. But, uh, no, I, it, it's the way they had service, what it represented, was coincided with what I had been used to all along. Coming from East Texas in a Methodist church, it was the same type of church with the same kind of service. So at that time, being young and all, it just appealed to me. So we just everything just fit in well, you know. So I started working in the church, so I met the Bookers, all the family, Irene and Monroe and uh, my brother, of course, and Naomi. We all kind of, you know, worked together. And Monroe had been knowing the books for quite a while, and he was a good friend of Mr. Caleb Booker. But at that time, I was just meeting him. And that's when I found out he was a disciplinarian, you know. <laughs> and as much as I liked his daughter, Irene, and uh, but I had to kind of like qualify, you know, because during that time, 
you can just go and and start associating with anybody's daughter without you either being somebody or at least making them think you were somebody. So I'm sure I did a little bit of both of those. Hopefully, I panned out, so evidently I did, and uh, the rest of that is history. But anyway, uh, we uh, we uh, had a nice relationship for several years, from 55 for the next six or seven years. During the same time, I came in uh, association with a, with a group called Texas Progressive Youth Cup. Now, I was a freedom fighter. Of course, I didn't realize that at first what I was, but I had a natural inclination to help people and to help the cause, help my cause, you know. So this group was called the Texas Progressive Youth Cup. So we went over the city uh, confronting all injustices in public places and so forth. So we started, I started walking the picket line. I was, what, about 24, 25 years old. But I was doing this kind of work, and I kind of questioned myself later on. You know, why I wasn't out like the rest of the, the young men having fun, you know, basically. I had some, but not to a great extent. But then uh, later on, the question was answered. Uh, this this what prompted me to do this. It didn't necessarily come from me. But when I did some research and found out who I was and where I came from and the type of people I came from, see, I didn't have a choice. You know, like I said, it didn't come from Amos. I can't claim that it came from me, but it definitely came through me, through some other people, my, some of my ancestors and so forth. So I'm so kind of glad of that. You had some people in your family that was kind of militant, that was freedom fighters yes. type of people? Yeah, that, like yeah. Who? The pretty like quiet, who? Pretty, uh, like who? Like who? Well, my, my father, Sherman Howard, my grandfather, Amos Howard, whose name I bear, who was a slave himself up to the age of 17 in Morris County, Texas. He was kind of like Chicken Joy. Well, he was a driver for his owners. And all that's documented. I have it right here. I'd be glad to show I wish it some way I could show it to you, but in time I will. But all that took place, uh, well, you know, way before my time. And uh, up until 1937, uh, I think, when I actually left the country and went to Pittsburgh, which was a country town. So, oh, and let, words, me do, let me let me let me do this because somebody have a question about the the slideshow. While y'all are listening to Amos on the internet, you're looking at these pictures that are going. They're, they're sliding. We're talking about www.blogtalkradio.com/slash/five_underscore_smooth_underscore_stones. Again, blogtalkradio.com, and then five underscore smooth underscore stones. The first picture, just real quick, because some people just want to know who who are these folks. One lady, you real close, look like you, you know, with her, and that's a, your cousin. I'm about to let me, so let me explain this real quick. All right, the first picture y'all see with Amos with the yellow shirts on. That's me to the left and Moppy and a bunch of us, and that's Amos. All of us got these gold shirts. This is the Stop the Violence movement. This is the movement where they had over in Dunbar High School. A lot of people came out for that. Amos is the one that you designed those shirts, right? Right. Yeah, Amos is the one actually designed these shirts we got on. But this was a, a big movement. David Johnson was actually there. Some of y'all know who David Johnson did. But he was there. A lot of people came out to that. A lot of people came out to that. At Dunbar High School, the police was there. Band was there at Dunbar. We walked. So that's what that is. The second uh, uh uh, uh, photo 
is, and y'all have to forgive me, Amos is you with uh, one of your cousins, real nice looking lady with the older man, and uh, I was gonna put the names. Uh, um, I spoke with Sandra earlier. Sandra Duke, y'all, some of y'all are saying who is Sandra Duke? But Sandra Duke is actually the third picture. That's the one that sent me these photos of Amos, um, and uh, that's her with Amos. When you see the uh, the young lady with Amos, nice looking lady, that's actually Sandra Duke. I spoke met her today, so that's Amos' cousin. Correct, Amos? Right. Okay, but I don't know who the young who the couple is. You know what? I'm, what I'm talking about. You got some cousins in Dallas, real nice looking older lady. Uh, she told me she rolled at, at Monroe's funeral. She said that she picked, picked Monroe up and carried him on his back when he was little. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Fanny McClure. Okay, yeah, Fanny, Fanny McClure. McClure. Yeah, Fanny McClure. Yeah. Fanny and Jane McClure. You probably remember oh. Paula McClure. Uh, the the uh, she used to have a a talk show on uh, the morning show then coming from Dallas about oh eight or nine years ago. Paula McClure. You probably remember her, but well, that's her parents. James oh really? Yeah, and they were. By the way, they were at my party uh, last Saturday night. Yeah, it's a good looking old lady. Good yeah, but oh, they was at your party? Yes, they was at my party. Okay, but anyway, that's the second photo, and then again, Sandra Duke and Amos. Again, I just met her tonight, uh, and then uh, or early today, and then the next photo, y'all know what that is. That's just a picture of uh, Wesley Chapel, and then a picture of the family tree. Okay, just so y'all know, that's who those people are. All right, now back to what you were saying. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but people was want to know. So go ahead with what you were saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and from time to time, you know, I'm, I'm, well, right now I'm probably involved with, uh, well, three groups. The Southeast Kingdom Neighborhood Association. And also the Stop the Violence Movement, the one that you spoke of a minute ago. And uh, the One Accord Coalition. Those three. And from time to time, people question me, you know, uh, they ask me questions like, at your age, Amos, why are you still involved with these kind of things, you know? So I have to explain it to them, you know, because it, it is a reason there. Because I know how important it is and it's a part of history. And it's, I, I, it's a parallel between what the people are doing now and what we attempted to do back in the 60s. You see, during the uh, civil rights movement, we are... Well, in '64, when the Civil Rights Bill was passed, we became complacent after we gained the knowledge, uh, the privilege of sitting on the front of the bus and to go in the front door. Now, that was a token within itself. But uh, although it was a step, but it was, it was a token. But what we did, we accepted the token instead of the prize. But what we did, we relaxed. I mean, I'm talking about the people of my generation, the people right under Martin Luther King, you know, it's as if he passed the baton to us and we dropped it. And the stage dropped up and we haven't really picked it up yet. But see, that's, what the pro- that's how the problem today. People in my generation need to take responsibility for what we didn't do. We we looked at that uh, as an era where we had for the next 25 or 30 years, we parted, we had fun, and we didn't take care of business like we should have done. And as a result, uh, our youngsters are in the condition they are today. So it's just a personal responsibility. I feel like of myself, number one, because I have to take responsibility. We have to lead by example. So if I can get out there at my age, where should Josiah be? Where should Malcolm be? Where should my children be? You know, where should they be? 
I can tell them, and I might get over to them, but if they see me out there doing what I'm doing, and which I haven't done on a lot of them yet, but maybe they'll understand the importance of this. See, since I'm in my right mind and I, you know, know what I'm doing, it might dawn on them to say, you know, if, uh, if grandfather can do this, I mean, shouldn't we be doing it? You know, so maybe they'll catch on after a while, but I, I'm just taking some responsibilities that I know that uh, I'm responsible for, some of the things that we didn't do y- years ago that uh, uh, I'm doing it now. And more or less, I'm trying to set an example and by explaining why it's important for us to do it because there is a parallel between right now and what happened in 1964. Now, the way we're dropping the ball now, we are taking, we are about to, in the process of taking the, uh, the token for the prize as we did before. And one of the main things that could be a trick is the, the fact that we got a black president. A lot of us, uh, we think everything is all right, or at least we act that way, just because we've got a black president. But our job had just begun. It's just a way for us to get in the door and do something that we didn't do a long time ago. But if you don't know what to do, if you don't know your history, then you don't have any. So that's what I'm, I'm just trying to get that one point over. And if I can do that, that'll be one of the things while I'm alive. If I can just get that point over, not only to my people, but for all people, especially younger people, about their history and what they must do in order to succeed, you know. So that's what I'm adamantly uh, involved in right now, and I certainly hope that I can, you know, pass it on to someone else, name it to my children, to my children, children, and not only these children, but anybody's children, you know, because that's what it's going to take, a concerted effort between all of us. First of all, we have to understand where we are. You know, just like you were speaking of a moment ago. Because if we don't know where we are, we don't know where we can go. You know, if we don't know our history, we are destined to repeat it over and over again, just as we did. But as I said, back in the day, what we refer to back in the 60s, after the, uh, the say, a desegregation supposedly was what happened, we were able to spend our money anywhere we wanted to, or go in any door we wanted to go in. But the only thing wrong with that, we stopped. When we got able to spend our money anywhere we wanted to, we forgot about our own people. And as a result, we had three black hotels downtown Fort Worth. We had a bank. We had owned and operated service station all over town. We had grocery stores. We had everything we needed. But what we gained through segregation, we lost a lot of it through integration. And that's what we really have to be aware of. And if I could just get that one point over, and I feel like, you know, I've accomplished a great, a great deal. So that's that's why I do what I do. And so you know, so so you. No, I was just going to comment on something you just said. You say you don't think integration was all that. Not as a whole. I mean, on the surface it looked good on the surface, but I mean, when you look at depth into a thing, a lot of things look good on the surface, but when you examine it, you know. And see how we were and see how we helped uh, each other during that time and see where we've come to. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that's uh, progress. You know, a step backwards to me is not progress. And I've seen too much to be fooled to think that uh, something has happened, but I know it's not. You know, in a, in a, in a, you, you have to judge, they say you can't judge a tree by the fruit it bears, but I think so. You don't go to a, a apple tree looking for a pair because they're not there. You know, you can look at the fruits of what we do and look at the fruits of what uh, integration has done as a whole. 
Now, it opened the door, true enough. It, it opened the door, you know, but as to whether we came in and what we did as we got in, that's a whole different color. And I, I think that's not easy to recognize, you know. I just happen to be a person who's inquisitive. I always did ask a lot of questions. When I was coming up, I got a lot of backhand licks. <laughs> I better ask my parents the wrong kind of questions. And kind of like you were, you know, you always, they couldn't tell you anything they had to show you. Well, that's the way, that's, you know, I was the same way. And thank God it paid off because I, I'm not selling for, for this is this what's supposed to be so good and and you can't see the forest and the trees and all that, you know. I, I can see beyond that. And like you say, it's, at least that you say and a lot more too. But as to whether we're ready to recognize and embrace that you say, I, I don't think so. Let me so that's why I think we need to focus. And I think the main focus should come out of the church. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to to inform people as to what's going on. But I think our biggest informing should come out of the church. And in many cases, we need to change our agendas. You know, I ain't got nothing against the shouting, the praising, the hand clapping, all that. But that represents something. And the way I look at this is like I kind of uh, compare it to a football game. Before football game, we have a pepperata. You know, we burn the tiger and burn the lion and all that, you know, during the pepperata. But if you don't play out on the gridiron, when you get out on the field, that's where you play. I don't care how much you burn the tag and the line or whatever that is, if you don't play hard when you go on that football field, you're going to lose. So that's what the church is. It teaches you how to live, but as here's where we live in. You know. Do my favor, Amos. Uh, you're talking into your phone. Talk into the back of your phone. Flip it around. I know it's a little awkward, but talk in the back of your phone. Oh, okay. Talk. Can you hear better? Yeah, because what happens if you talk directly to the phone, it's, it's a uh, lot of static. Flip it over and talk to the back of the phone. I know it sounds crazy, but do it. Trust me, you're going to sound a lot better. Okay. okay uh, how about now? Yeah, you find just talk to the back of the phone as though the back of the phone is the front of the phone. Okay, I want to ask you, let's switch gears a little bit here. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I, no, actually, keep going down that church road. I like that. Keep going down. I hit that a little bit longer. I like that. So you have problems with the church? Well, not necessarily. I, uh, what I do, I go to sun. I like to go to Sunday school because we learn, we talk, we discuss things. And uh, just uh, last Sunday we were talking about forgiveness. What Sunday we were talking about forgiveness? And I was explaining to some people, and uh, well, I'm, they should know. But for instance, when you say the Lord prayer, you know that's one thing that came up. And I was explaining to them when you when you asked. Uh, when you say, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts are, you are asking God to forgive me according to the way I forgive others. And we wonder why our prayers don't be answered, you know. But you already asked God to, to forgive you according to the way you forgive somebody else. And you you literally have binded yourself to forgive somebody else. That is, if you want to get forgiven yourself. And that's just one of the things that was pointed out, you know, last week. There's a lot of other things that that find out, but we have just gone and t- took the church for entertainment rather than salvation, and that's the part that bothers me. I, I can't be a part of something that if I see it's not doing what it wants to do. Now the church is not wrong as a whole. Don't get me wrong. You know I was brought up in the church, and uh, I was brought up ain't nothing I like better than God Himself and from Jesus. I love me some Jesus, but I love the right kind of Jesus. I don't love one that somebody manufactured and gave to me. You know. If you're so much the same one describing the Bible, absolutely. But, you know, 
I just feel like we are taking the wrong approach to the way we serve him, so to speak. I feel like uh, it's something that should be done rather than said. And one reason I've never been a limelight type of person because I'd rather be, uh, you know, heard more than, than seen, actually. You know, so i always kind of like being in the background of a lot of things. My name could be prevalent in a lot of things here in Fort Worth if I was that kind of person, if I hogged the spotlights. But I feel like it should be something in my walk that tells you who I am, you know. I don't think you have to have a sign on your chest saying, I am a Christian. I believe it should be something you do that indicates that you are a Christian. But uh, from what I can see nowadays, it's not too much of that. So that's one of the things that we come in every, every once in a while. You know, I don't just beat nothing to death. I, kinda, I present it to a person, and if they see it, well and good. But we, we discuss things. I don't know no more than the next person. I just know different from the next person. But a little child can tell me something, all depending on what it is, you know, he, he's talking about. As long as it makes sense, but it's got to add up, you know. And as far as being wise, I know people look at me as being a wise man, but, uh, you know, years don't necessarily make great hell don't necessarily make you wise, you know. You know, you can be 85 or 90 and still be have a loose school, <laughs> you know. But then some point in life, we have to come into the knowledge of who we are, why we're here, and what your assignment in life is. And that's what I think should be emphasized more than anything else, because we all do have a definite assignment. I don't care how large or how small, we all have an assignment. It is something I can do that can't nobody else do it better than me. If God got it for me, I feel like it's for me and for nobody else, you know. And that's with everybody. Everybody have a, a, a similar assignment in life that they can do, you know, better let, than anybody else. Let me else. ask you this. I'm going okay. to mention a name. I'm going to mention a word. And you tell right. me a story that goes with this word, okay? I'm going to do the interview a little different tonight with you. Wait, you going to tell me? You going to do what now? I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to give you a word or a phrase, and you give me a story to go along with it if you have it. A story? Okay. A story or a comment or something. First word right. or first, a phrase I'm going to give you is the north side. Just the north That's side? It. North side. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you speaking of, are you speaking of right now in the past or as a whole or however? Nineteen sixty. North side nineteen sixty okay. Industry. Jobs plentiful. People caring about each other, people looking after each other. You know, that's, that's, that's the number one thing that comes to me because there was a lot of jobs. There were several packing houses booming. The McKinley Line Works, where I got my very first job at. And, uh, there were several jobs. You could just get, you would go up on the corner of uh, 33rd and Long at Mr. Leroy's. And he was kind of like an entrepreneur. He would take people to work. They had a hay field, they had a cotton field, anywhere. So people couldn't say it. That I I don't have no job I can't work because every morning you could go up there every workday morning there you could go up there and you could catch out and go to various jobs you could go to cotton field you can pick cotton you could go uh, to the hay fields you can go just all kind of work Mr. Leroy anybody on the north side all the older people they can tell you about him okay you know? here's so another way on the north side especially the north side and in the stockyards 
uh, as well. You could do the same thing down there. So everything was plentiful for those who would uh, want to look for it, you know. So okay, it, here's it didn't another, make sense to nobody say, I can't find a job. Here's another uh, word or phrase. Azalee Booker. Okay. Azalee Booker. Wow. Pioneer. Christian lady. One of the first ladies I met here that I recognized was a true Christian. And she was true to what they true to what she said, true to what you believe in. In a disciplinarian. What, what do you mean? Break that down. Well, she was a disciplinarian, for one thing. She believed in discipline. She believed in, you know, people doing what they, they said they was going to do. Because I was always careful. Me being, I, I never have been outspoken too much. You know, I was always kind of hesitant. And uh, if I would say something, I would make sure that I could do what I say for the fear. I, I had a fear of failure, I guess, because I was kind of like a professional. I tried to overdo things a lot of times, and then it still wouldn't come out, you know, like it's supposed to do, like it's supposed to come out. But uh, she was one of the people that I looked up to, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow her to see me doing anything unbecoming due to the fact that I liked the daughter. That was one of the things. But that's where we were in general. But with with Miss Booker and them, see, it was different because of the tie we had, you know, with, with Irene, you know, which I was interested in, Monroe, of course, Naomi. So Naomi had children by, uh, you know, uh, Monroe had children by Naomi. And Irene, we had a child, you know. So that was something special in the day, you know. And, and I tried to uh, seek the approval of everybody, all the old peoples, you know, Period, but especially the people who I had an interest in, especially their daughter, like like Irene was. So even if I wasn't all of that, I had to make it look like I was. Let me ask you this: Speaking of Monroe, uh, you were saying some uh, some things about Tina, you know, and I'm sure oh, yeah. you probably have kids. Uh, the late oh yeah, in particular, uh, I was going to mention uh, that. You know, uh-huh. yeah, Tina uh, early on. You know, Naomi, one one thing I want to say about Naomi, and not too many people know this, because Naomi, she's kind of plain spoken, but she's very, and I love her to death. She would always um, come over to the house. She had a good relationship with Mother. She was one of the younger ladies that had a good relationship with Mother, and Mother had with her, and I, I love her for that today. And that is the one reason why Linda was at my party Sunday night, I mean Saturday night. You know, Naomi's daughter, Linda. And Tina, during the time she was here, now, Tina, the one that I talked to the most, we had a special relationship, me and Tina, uh, and not too many people know about that. We would always talk, we'd always go to church, and she would always tease me, you know, about Aunt Irene, you know. So she's one of the people that I could talk to, Tina was. What, what kind of things she tease you about with, with regards to Mama? <laughs> well, you know, this. When young people, you know, come over, I wasn't too young during that time. I was kind of middle age. And uh, in case I would doing, if I would be doing something, if I'd be showing, paying attention to somebody else or just, but she would, she would be kidding. If I didn't kidding where she's well, uh, I want to tell you, Irene, uh, you know, thing like that. If I'd be doing anything, if it appeared that I was doing something out of order, any kind of way, she just, that is her way of, I guess, chastising me in a sense because she knows that uh, we all were trying to impress. In those days, you had to impress. You just couldn't, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't appear any kind of way if you wanted to get 
along with anybody's daughter coming on, not only them, but anybody else that you respect. So she would just always tell me, that's how she kept me intact. Well, Uncle Amos, you know, this is another. And a lot of time I'd be sleeping. She'd tease me about being asleep, you know. Uh, so that In church, a sleep in church? Do I sleep in church? Well, in church, uh, anywhere, you know. A lot of time we'd be, be up late at night, you know, and go to church late and we'd be kind of sleepy, you know, and she'd always tease, you know, tease, she'd tease me in particular. I don't know what about anybody else. She, she teased me. It's always somebody like that could get could get next to you. And she just happened to be the one that, uh, you know, I just took up with in that. Because Linda, she's nice, too, and I love her just the well. But if it's somebody I've seen her, she left like my little old partner. You know what I'm talking about? She's my niece, true enough. But we just had this special relationship. And, uh, you know, she would come up to the house and we would talk about whatever, you know, no particular thing, anything. She would always talk to me about anything because I would always kind of person try to understand. You know, before I would criticize anybody, I would try to see the good in what they're doing and I would try to understand what it was they were saying. So that way, she felt free at talking to me, you know, like that. As a, well, and for Linda, we have a like I said, she was at my party the other night and I talked to Linda all the time. You know, I always had, and it's, just, it's not something that just not happened. It's from day one, ever since they've been here, and that's where we were. No matter what kind of problem we had and which we did, that was a problem. That was some ups and downs in all our relationships, you know. But through the years, what I'm so glad about, we remain, a, uh, we retain a relationship through the years that, uh, you know, just never decayed. So that's that's what I, I remember about the North Side. And what I remember about Western Chapel, what I remember about the Northside period, that's what I like to think about. And when I go over there, and every time I go to the Northside, I used to think about uh, 2908 Ross, that address ring a bell. <laughs> and, of course, I said, <laughs> yeah, I would think about it. That's what I was talking about here. And if I could think about that now, you all to know it must have meant something to me in a while back. Well, you know, well, yeah, let's do this, so, uh, Amos. We got people. We got people in the chat room. I don't know who. Okay. They ain't signed in, and they won't. I mean, they they can be incognito. That's cool. But uh, well, we don't okay, know. Well, okay, you know, are. I'm just talking. Hold on, you know, hold on. Hmm? It's okay. Hold on one second. Let me just. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. So we got people in the chat room. Don't know who they are because they're not registered with Blog Talk. So they just chilling and listening. We got people on the phone lines. All right. So Absolutely. what I'm gonna do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a little break here. I want you to I do this with everybody. I want you to kind of think about what you talked about. And when we come back, just what is it you want to share even more? Uh, again, again, uh, when we take this break, it always uh, it always gets people to thinking. You know, I remember when Verna May took, we took a break with her. She came back. She had some very interesting things to say. So we'll take this break. And, uh I want you to just think about what is it you want to share? Was it what is it you uh didn't say that you want to say? And uh we'll just talk about it when you come back, okay? But be thinking of something. Okay, oh, is that this what I want to yeah, share. Don't share it now, don't share it now. Don't share okay. it now. But when we come back okay. from the break, we'll take a break, you'll we'll get you something to drink, and then come back and say, Oh, I forgot to say this. I forgot to say that and share it with us. And uh, we'll just take it from then, okay? So get you okay. uh, 
get your drink, and we'll be back in a little bit, okay? Okay. Keep the phone open. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Y'all just went in all late. We are with Amos Howard tonight. He is our guest on the Booker Douglas Family and Friends Network. And uh, we've been shooting for Sharon, just talking about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, Northside, Ezra Booker, Caleb Booker, just a little bit of everything. So uh, we, again, thank Amos for stopping by and saying hello to everybody. So uh, we're going to go ahead and finish up this interview and wrap everything up for tonight. we got another 20 minutes. Those of you on the phone lines or in the chat room, please, if you've got a comment uh, or a question, if you're on the phone line, simply press 1. That's all you got to do is just press 1, and I'll see, oh, you got a hand up, and I'll come to you. If you're in the chat room and you have a name other than the name guest, you can comment. Because you've registered, and uh, uh, it'll we'll, we'll, we'll see you. You can type in your question, Seth, ask this, and I'll see it. Or you can make a comment, okay? But until you do that, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, uh, bring on Amos and just finish the interview. All right, Amos, uh, anything you think of you'd like to share that you missed? We got uh, 20, well, 19 minutes. 
Well, yeah. Uh, one thing in particular, other thing, man. I don't, I don't know what field uh, you want to speak on, or uh, it doesn't matter really. No, just whatever's on your mind. If you just, just, just whatever's on your mind. Okay, you yeah. Well, here's one, here's one thing. Uh, I want to share with you. I'm sure. I don't know. You may or may not have known this, but uh, in detail, you know, back four years ago, my my brother passed about three and a half, four years ago, Monroe. And uh, right. During that time, I was experiencing some. Uh, uh, at least I just got over a, a, a bad case of blindness. I was legally blind for a whole year during that time. And that's one thing a lot of people don't know. And I had an experience that I'd like to share with you uh, during that time. I would go, uh, I would catch the bus in my house, and I'm blind. I'm, I'm was diagnosed legally blind, but I never stopped going. And I didn't realize that you could do so much. And then you still couldn't see that well. So, but due to the fact that I had a, and this is more or less a test of the a testimony. And I, I wrote a book about it. Matter of fact, I haven't I haven't got it in type yet, uh, but I got it handwritten out. I wrote a book about my experiences during the time that uh, I couldn't see. Well, I, I was legally blind. I could see my hand before my eyes, you know, but I couldn't see well enough to be going anywhere. I should have been at the house, you know, but I, I didn't stop. I was determined to keep going and. Uh, and I said to myself, well, now the chance of me to demonstrate my strong belief, because I always did feel like I had a strong belief in God, that I could do all things. You know, that's one of the things, I, and I thank God that I, uh, you know, manufactured that somehow in my psyche. So I went places, and I I would ride the bus, and, man, I had the strangest time seeing things, and I had some experience in Dallas that <laughs> staggered magnificent. But anyway, I was uh I'm writing a book about it now. And it's no more than a testimony about, you know, where I went, what I did, and why I did it. Because, you know, God uses people. I, I didn't realize then during that time I had no idea why it was and I was by myself. I was half scared to death really because I stay uh New York and Powell, a uh, high crime area, you know what I'm talking about. But I never stopped going out even go for walks in the evening. I would walk by a lot of guys that I know was dealing on the colon thing, but I had no fear, and that's what kind of bothered me after it was all over. I looked back and saw what crazy things I was doing. But when you go out and set out for God, you know, you start doing things uh, from faith and not by sight. You know, you can do a lot of things. I didn't know that, and I couldn't, couldn't have said that like that then. But after it was all over, with looking back, I know it had to be God that guided me over all this thing. And I'm writing a book about that right now. So what I'm going to need is uh, someone to, I got the book written, handwritten, but I'm going to have to have it typed out. So if there are any, uh, listen in, I'll do, if you know anyone who could kind of assist me with uh, getting it typed properly and getting it into book form. Because like I said, I already have it written. And the reason it took me so long, you know, my brother died. Mondo died in the process of this. Okay, so it's been it's been about three or four years since I've been doing it. And a lot of things he told me, I didn't feel justified to close this book out unless I incorporated some of the things that Mondo told me, some of the things we talked about. So I shared some of that in the book as well. But it's basically a testimony of what I, of where I went and what I did and and how I knew it was God that was with me. But what happened to I your had, sight? Had, uh-huh. What happened to your sight? I mean, how's your sight now? Oh, it's man, it's just like it always was before the thing, before the fact. So what happened? I mean, you just 
Lions and cattle, right? Okay. After 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 ninety eight, after, after my wife passed in ninety eight, well I started uh you know, I, I stopped cooking for myself, I was going out, I was eating out. So I feel like my eating habits and my lifestyle caused me to have cataracts. That's why I feel, you know, like what happened. So I was caught up in a situation where I just, I just really couldn't see. You know, at first I kind of overlooked it, you know, and uh, tried to ignore the situation. But it became so obvious that I had to do it. So reluctantly, I went and had this operation, you know, one eye at a time. So eventually my sight came back, you know, after having, you know, two operations. But what really spurred me to have this operation was uh, I would walk to the to the bus stop, you know, and uh, I would speak to people. I could zone them. I couldn't really see them that good. And uh, I passed the house next door, and they had two chairs sitting on the front porch. So I spoke as if I'm perpetrating, trying to play like I can see. So I spoke to what I thought was some people with number two chairs. I said, how y'all doing? But when nobody answered me back, well, I kind of like looked, turned around, looked back good, and there wasn't nobody out there. So I came to the conclusion, man, you can't see. You got to do something about yourself. So I went on and had this operation done, and uh, my sight came back to me. And uh, But the things I went through, which I managed, it would take another book <laughs> to tell you about all the things I went through when I was blind, like catching the bus here, going to Dallas, uh, transferring to the dark, going to VA, coming back. And I had some experiences that in, in, they're in the book. You know, one time I went to sleep on the train. I had taken some medicine, and I was kind of groggy. So I went to sleep on the on, on the uh, on, on the dark coming back. So I missed my stop, and I went all the way to Garland. But when I woke up, although when I left it was light, but when I woke up, it was dark. You know, I kind of dozed off. It was dark everywhere. So man, I looked around, and I didn't recognize where I was. And I said, man. So I had to play it out, you know, so although it was dark, but suddenly the light came, you know. So as a result, I went through a tunnel and didn't realize. <laughs> as, I, as I passed through the tunnel, then it was light. But, I, you know, not knowing in halfway days from sleepiness, you know, I just kind of played it out. But then let me do this. Let me let me do this, Amos. Somebody's actually on the phone. They want to – somebody has a question or a comment. Yeah, yeah. That would be easy. Cause like I said, yeah. So let me do this. Let me just see what they want, and we'll go back to what you're saying. Hold on one second. Uh, yeah, Eric code code 9940-498. I want you to go ahead. You're on the air. Who is this? It's Donna, but I didn't have a question. I was just clicking in to listen. How you doing, Amos? Well, how you doing, Donna? I actually got in late. I'm fine. How about yourself? Oh, I'm fine. That's I have good. no complaints. That's good. That's good. But Sounds well, Donna, good. Donna, it's good you clicked in, but if you don't have a question or comment, I'll let really it and maybe yeah, you'll have one before you come. But it's good you clicked in. Okay, well, go ahead, Amos. All right, so just you missed a whole lot, though, for real, for real. You're just now clicking in. I, I hate to tell oh, you yeah. that, but you just talked a lot about the north side and Mama and Tina, lots about Tina and, and Monroe. and But anyway, I'm going to put you back on hold. Donna, when I put you on hold about two minutes, press one on your phone again so your hand will go down. And if you okay. want to comment later, if you want to comment later on after about two minutes, then press one again. Okay. 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 So Donna is now on the phone listening, and uh, so go ahead now, Donna, and press one on your phone so your hand will go away, 
and then later on, press it again if you have a comment. Okay, so now Don is on is in the house. But go ahead, mm-hmm. Amos. Uh, I wanted to ask okay. you this, if you don't, uh-huh. if you don't go mind. Ahead. Uh, now, uh, you mentioned Mama and, and how you have to press, how you have to impress her family to, you know, date her and all that. I understand that. We are not uh, not necessarily the family of Mister. Mr. and Mrs. Booker, that's the main one, you know. I wasn't trying to impress Robbie or Naomi or none of those, but, you know, the head. <laughs> oh, know, really? And, and, and. Speaking well, of Aunt Robbie, speaking of Aunt Robbie, go ahead. Yeah, what I'm saying, uh, you know, during that time, it was, it was different the way it is now. You know, if you was going to call yourself liking some lady's daughter, you know, you couldn't disappear any kind of way, you know. They had to think at least you were something to somebody. So either you had to act like it or, or be at one, you know. So that's just the way it was with everybody, basically, you know. So that's all I'm saying. I couldn't be and, – and due to the fact that Monroe was my brother and he already knew the family, they liked Monroe. So that kind of helped me to get kind of closer, you know. But eventually I had to prove myself, at least out of the world, because that's, that's how, you know, I went to church and – I did things I was supposed to do, and this is over the years. It wasn't no one little time thing. It was from year to year to year to year. You know, in the adventure. Let me ask you this. Yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead with that point. Then after you finish, I'll ask you a question. I said, no, that was just uh, just the way, just the way it was back. I know it's hard for the younger people to recognize the fact, but uh, you know, very seldom did a woman have a, a daughter was courting somebody. She that she didn't know who he was, you know, because everybody slipped and did something, don't get me wrong, but basically uh, the parents had to know something about who you was liking, you see. So they more or less had to prove you in a sense. So, I understand. Yeah, this was no different than nothing. You know, that, that is the way we did back then. You know, you couldn't, and like a lot of the youngsters now, man, looking, they couldn't even think about going up there. You know, they, especially when <laughs> it was tough, man. I won't go through all the details, because me, I talked, me and Mr. Cable, we talked and everything, you know. So he, he felt what like... Kind of conversation, in, what kind of conversation you have with, with Mr. Caleb? Conversation? Yeah. Well, you know how... Basically what you do, you weigh people out. I know I do that now, so I know it's about what he was doing. He had to see, you know, where I was and how I believed and, you know, how I believe in certain things and around the church that I go to church where I went before then and everything, you know. And they made it known that, you know, they won't, they all treat you right and you have to impress them, you know. I mean, this is from scratch. It's not that you did anything wrong, but they checked you out to see were you the type of person that would do something wrong, you know. But due to the now, fact that now, I handled you, Now, you was older than Aunt Robbie, correct? Uh, We're pretty close to the same age. I might be yelling her. I don't, we're close. Something yeah, I don't like think Robbie is 80-nothing. I don't think she said she had a birthday, and I think she said she was 79. It was, it was up there, but I don't think it was oh, okay. 80. I would have well, yeah, that. I'm probably over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might, I might be okay, over. So you, you know. Now, you come over to uh, 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 Caleb Booker's house, Grandpa Caleb, I guess I should say, and well, you older than the oldest daughter. And so he probably was checking out for real because Mama was younger than uh, – Ain't Robbie and ain't Naomi. You understand what I'm, where I'm going with this? Right. So he probably was right. checking you out for real. 
Well, since the main thing, I have been in the Army now. See, anytime you go to the Army and come back, you're probably different than just run the mill, little country bar where I come from, you know. I've been to the city. I've been overseas. I, I had a lot of experience in life. So, But not just me, man. I mean, that's just the way it was. I remember my sister used to go to the to the to the movie uh, with her boyfriend, and a lot of times we went with her. You know, I just <laughs> early on, you know what I'm talking about. But that's just that's the way. It's just the way. It's nothing new or nothing. It's just the way people believe and the way people did during that time. You know, you okay. couldn't just be a nobody. Ain't nobody gonna prove you saying this. And I'm sure you wouldn't now. I mean, you don't do it uh, uh, like they did then. You don't go all out to do it. But you should know something about somebody going to spend time at your house. So that's those people looking at. I had to be all right. And, and what helped me, help them to realize uh, that I might be all right due to the fact that Monroe had already, they had already liked Monroe. He had already, you know, uh, been approved, so to speak, by them because, you know, they all liked him. You know, they'll tell you that. Let, let me Monroe ask you a question. Let, let me ask you another question. Now, Mama, uh, remember I said I'm going to say something? I'm going to give you a word? Or a phrase, and you tell me a story about it. I'm gonna give you another word and phrase, and then we're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna give you about maybe four more words and phrases, and you give me a, a short little story. Of, okay, here's another All phrase: right. prayer, faith, temple. Wow, man, the first real service. I ain't gonna say first real service, and I ain't gonna say that's the cross where I first saw the light. But I tell you what, when you say prayer, faith, temple. Real service, different service, meaningful service. That's why I come in contact with all that at Prayer Faith Temple. Now, let me just say this for those listening, because some people listening, they're saying, what is Prayer Faith Temple? Prayer Faith Temple is the church I come up under. Mama was A right. and me. She ended up going to Reverend Holland Church. All them rollers, holy rollers, folk literally rolling, holy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Andre Cross said they call us holy rollers and what they said is true. But if they knew what we was rolling about, they'll be rolling too. <laughs> well yeah, I anyway, sound like that. <laughs> that's I said that because somebody think I'm making fun of them. But anyway, well, these are no, you're right. Go ahead. So after Reverend Holland we moved over to Mama moved us over to uh uh, this instead of a black church like Reverend Holland Church, she moved us over to Prayer Faith Temple, which was the, which was the first integrated, uh, inter inter can't even talk tonight, integrated integrated, inter, church. integrated church in Fort Worth, Dallas area, Prayer Faith Temple. That's what it was, folks. It was a Pentecostal church. Now go ahead, Amy. Okay. Well, uh, <clears throat> that was the first time that I had spent that much time in a Pentecostal church. And they seem like they take things more serious. Well, it's differently, you know. Coming out of the Methodist church, then going to a, a, a church like that, it was just everything that's different. And they pray so different. They do it about, individually. Hold on, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just I'm, I'm right. always winding up you because I'm pressed for time. But we can roll over. We can go a little bit over the time, you know. But I, I, folks, we ain't going to hold you all long. But I just got to ask this. And I'm throwing this question for time. So those of you all that say, well, I'm not going to say class 11. But if y'all hang around just a little bit, we'll wrap up here shortly. But listen, what did you think mm-hmm. about this woman that you was had a liking to who was a tongue talker who shouted backwards? 
I mean, who, who shouted? And this, you come from AME Church, so how did you? What did you think of that? Oh, you're talking about Irene. I'm talking about Irene. I'm talking about oh, okay. Temple. I'm talking about uh, okay. Reverend C.B. Roberts okay. and all well, the white Okay, women. let me. Well, let me straighten something out. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked that. We didn't start out. We started Westminster Chapel AME Church. That's what we started out. We worked in the church together. Westminster Chapel, you know, for Westminster Chapel, that's a message church. So eventually, uh, Irene went to this church. Eventually, she went there, you know, in a, well, the rest of history. <laughs> I could say a lot about those uh, things, too, but I won't. But, I, you know, I'm we saying, talked I'm about, about the belief system. I'm really talking about the belief system. What did you think of, I mean, you know, I mean, I want to know what you it's thought about another, that belief. Well, I, look at it's just a, another way of serving God. It's another way. I under, as long as you understand where a person is coming from, and I was one of the few people that understood during that time. You know, during that time, I remember when uh, she uh, first started. Before she went to uh, to the prayer faith temple, then after she went, we had conversations after in regard to what she'd done, and uh, she actually met some opposition at first when she first went, because. You know, change is one of the hardest things for human to do. And for her to suddenly become one of those, and she probably the first one in the family to go to church, I imagine. You know, I'm not sure. But and, and change is just automatically different. Everybody's always standing off and just scared. And she ventured out to this thing, you know. So I said, hey, you know, if it worked, you know, do it. You know, okay, let me throw another word at you. Let me throw another word or phrase at you. What, I mean, because I, I know you can talk more about prayer faith, uh, but let me throw another phrase at you, a word, a name. Uh-huh. Robbie Lowe. Robbie Lowe. Back then she was Robbie Lowe. I'm not even saying Reverend Robbie Lowe yet. I'm just saying Robbie Lowe before the ministry. You say something, what do I think about when I see Robbie Lowe? Well, yep. uh, Robbie Lowe before okay. uh, Miss Robbie Lowe before ministry. Just anything that come to your mind. Everything. Well, uh, let me kind of like put it all together. You know, um, I remember because, like I said, I, I knew Robbie before she was in the ministry, and once she got in the ministry, see, I never judged nobody. I kind of wait, try to wait and see. No, but, no, uh, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. My question is. Prior to ministry, everybody talk about Aunt Robbie. We know well, about Aunt Robbie. We we talk. We we served at a church. We've been there. We have musicals. We know a lot about her after. I just like to know before, as as young people coming up twenty five, you know what kind of history y'all have? Is you know you dating her sister? I'm just saying, what do you remember about Aunt Robbie? Well, prior to her, the ministry, and as far as her uh, intervention with me, and uh, I don't remember anything in particular. I mean, she always, you know, treated me civil, and nice. was nothing special one way or the other, you know. And uh, okay, I just don't, okay, that's I, you know, I don't remember anything that would be unusual about the way she, uh, you know, and even even with Naomi, you know, and we always have been tight. Uh, I don't I don't remember anything. The only thing well no, you ain't coming near me, so I'm not gonna go there. But anyway, I don't remember anything in particular that I could 
you know, put on her, uh, remember her from one thing or another. Okay, that means y'all got along pretty good then if you don't remember anything in particular. So I'm going to mention these names, Alma Jean. I'm going to mention two names, Verna May. Actually, I'm going to mention uh, three names and Dwight, the three of them. Does you remember any history you want to share with either one of those three? Alvin Jean, Verna May. Well, I looked at Alvin Jean and Verna May almost as a, a little sister, to tell you the truth about it. You know how an uh, older brother look up, look at a, a little sister? That's the way we were. Right. And I, like I say, it, 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 uh, by modern, by them liking modern good, they automatically thought I was going to be all right. So they didn't judge me. They looked at, at me in the same, almost the same, not really, but almost the same light as they did Monroe because I was Monroe's brother. And if anyway I got, I, they just associated me to being all right due to the fact that I was Monroe's brother. And uh, we absolutely don't have no kind of, uh, not, not Alma Jane and Vernon May. Because uh, right. when, she see, when they see me now, it's just like they met a friend or something. As a matter of fact, the very last time I saw Vernon May was at EC's funeral, EC Doug's funeral. And when I came in the door, I'm sitting back there. She grabbed me by the hand to bring me down there where the relatives were. That's the way we roll right now. Wherever she see me, it's the same, exact same thing. And no difference whatsoever, and it never have been. Not between Vernon and May. Now, Alma Jean, we wasn't quite a... I guess I ran Vern earlier, you know more. But Alma Jean, it wasn't quite, you know, as outwardly uh, uh, because shown. Because there, like, there was an age difference. I understand. I understand. Let me ask you this, Amos. I'm kind of moving a little fast, but I want to, I want to get this person in. Caleb Booker, I know you got some history, Caleb Booker. You mentioned him earlier. Well, Miss um, Caleb Booker, I would say disciplinarian, <laughs> number one. I, no, 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 I, no, no, I, no, 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 from uh, look like uh, Donna. I think that's Donna. But go ahead and share about the, about the girlfriend you were telling me about the history with uh, her real quick, and then we're going to get Donna's question to comment. Anybody else got a question to comment? Press one on your phone. Go ahead. The history. The history. Who now? But Uncle Bud's a girlfriend. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, during the time, no, during the time of the civil rights movement, we was uh, we were placing different people. What we call it was a token then, you know. So uh, black people had never been in certain positions like uh, working front offices and in a water, light, gas company that we placed several people in for the very first time. And we didn't know how it was going to come out either time, so we said it was just a token, but it, we had to start somewhere. So Beverly Hemphill, uh, which was Miss Hemphill's uh, niece, and she was a school teacher here. Most people know her. Most older people know her. That was her niece. Now, Bub. Of course, that was her. That was his friend. But what we did, we put her in this position of the shooter. of the first, she was the first black uh, grocery checker in Fort Worth, the very first one. And then records will, will prove that if you care to look it up. Just look at the, uh, bar, they call them bar cuts back then or demonstrations, but now we call it the Civil Rights Movement. 
the Texas Progressive Youth Cup, which was the organization I was associated with, we chose, for some reason, we chose Beverly Hemphill, Miss Hemphill's daughter, to be the very first black grocery checker. And the place was the Stockyard Market at that time. Now, this place is located on Clinton Street, just before you get to, no, not on Clinton, on uh, 25th Street, 25th and Clinton, right there. It's called something else now, but during, in the back in the day, it was the Stockyard Market, and that was the very first black that was in any position as far as a uh, white-collar job, a blue-collar job. Let's do, this, let's do this, and let's see what question or comment Donna have real quick, um, okay. if you don't mind. Do you right. mind? Not at all, right, all Donna. Go ahead. Well, uh, well, well Amos, I heard you say that uh, Grandpa Caleb was, he was a disciplinary. Was he, how tough was he? Uh, was he just a typical, or was he? Uh, no, just a typical. Well, look here. He is the same way that I would be about my daughter meeting some guy that he didn't know. That's all. So how did he act? I, I mean, was he verbal, or was he just with this arm with a, uh, iron fist, you know, just you know, he put the hammer down. Did, well, was he kind of cool, calm, and collected? Well, between those, I always heard it. that he was a mean grandpa. <laughs> well, maybe so, but this this way I'm gonna put it. He was just to the point. You know how some people try to uh, the button up and try to sweet it up to make it look like yeah. This? And that, but he just got that's the way it was. That's the way it was with him. He just tell you straight up, you know, and uh. Being concerned with his daughter, and I guess for obvious reason, you know, I'm just coming out of service. I'm, you know, uh, a guy that's supposed to be helped and everything. You know, I'm not from the country no more. I've been to the city. I was in New York a while and all this. But then I would have the same concern on the same, on the basis of the time. You have to look at the time back in the in the late 50s and early 60s. Right. You have to look at look at the time that it was, and uh, for good reason. You know, but yeah. it all paid off. But I was glad to know some people don't care what their daughter, what the children do. Yeah, they feel not to care anyway. Big boy. Yeah. I was getting ready. To yeah, so I was glad to know the thing. This girl here, you know, yeah, that made me think. Well, this girl here is all the more special because look at this, look at that, look how they, you know. So yeah. no, he, he was. was Donna, go ahead with your question because I got a question about wings over joy. No, I, I was just saying I, with uh, with the, some of the stories I've heard that he probably grew up hard and he left home at a very early age and really didn't um, have much. But when he started having his family, that oh, Mr. Caleb, you talking uh, about? Yeah, he was a he was an upstanding man. He uh, uh, yeah. I was told that he uh, if if singers came into town, they stayed there at Madeism House. Uh, and uh, they sung gospels on the radio. Um, yeah. I think uh, he was just that hard, that hard guy. That meant he was gonna not lose his family to to nothing. And he was yeah. just well, just a just a hard person. I say he was he was I, direct and to the point. Yeah, yeah, he was exactly. direct. So he wasn't beating around the bush. And for me, I would rather have a person in my corner. That was straight to the point, and you have to guess about yeah. him because he's going to let you know straight up. Right. Well, and yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. about. This is who I am. This is what yeah. I feel. This is how I believe. Right, right. See, yeah. I, I never would have an excuse of, I didn't know you meant this. I didn't know that. See, he yeah. made all that clear, and that's, and that's the one what I would do. See, Because, yeah. see, I told, 
I did my daughter the same way when she married. Matter of yeah. fact, I told a young man that married her, you know, if it gets to for y'all on, she don't want her, well, you give her back to me and I'm giving to you. And she'll tell you the right yeah. thing. That's what I did. And that's just the way we did back in the day, you know. Oh, you spoke about the wings over Jordan, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, early on, uh, my sister Noble, Irene, Melba Baylor, and Chloe, I think, and maybe another lady, uh, they was in a group called the Silver Bells. Okay. A singing group, professional group, singing group, the Silver Bells and the hmm. Silver Reds. And Irene later had a stint with the uh, the Wings Over Jordan, temporarily. And they, we all know who they were. They were very popular for a while. So is there any way we can find that information? Because I would love to hear how the Man, I'm telling you, that would, that would be something good. Yeah, the Silver, uh, Bobby Baylor. Ask Bob. Bobby should have. Uh, that's how Bobby last month, month full last, brother. Uh-huh. And Bobby knows all about that. They, yeah, they had a group called the Silver Bells and Silver Rich. The Silver Bells and the Silver Rich. And Irene, I think, went to the uh, Wings Over Jordan. That real popular group. Okay. And, but Bobby would know Bobby would know all about that because Melba was a part of the, the Silver Bells. Okay, so did Mama sing with the Silver Bells? Uh, she sang with one of them briefly, but she went. She even went further. She went to... Uh, now the rest of them went to the uh, the wings of a Jordan. I don't think. Oh, just but Irene did. Big yeah. Martin, y'all not y'all not gonna yeah, believe this. Yeah, I heard this. that Mama went. Uh, hold on, and, uh, hold on, Donna, Donna, hold on one second. Y'all not gonna believe this. I just Google yeah. wings over Jordan choir, and it yeah. has them there. They have a website, Donna, the 1938 wings over Jordan choir that lasted all those times. And it goes on to say that they have performed in 40 states, five European countries, Canada. And this is the choir because it's no longer in existence. It's saying back then. And it's got a picture. Oh, my God. I ain't going to say none. It's got a picture of the choir. And I don't know. I'm not going to make out who these people are. But y'all got to see this. I'm serious. It's called uh, singers.com slash group slash wings dash over dash Jordan. That's singers dot com slash group slash wings dash over dash Jordan. All you gotta do is go to Google and put in the caps. Cap put it in cap, I mean uh, quotation. Wing over Jordan. Mm-hmm. It really does have this is the group mama was in, I'm telling you, I'm reading history on right now that fast while y'all were talking. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah, I, I knew I know all about that. I know when they, I know when she went. And uh, some of them did. I don't know why all of them didn't go, but for some reason, Irene went. I know that for sure. Yeah. I ain't no if and ands about that. I know she went. Yeah, well, now I remember my sister, she was telling me. Now, my sister, Melba Baylor, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, Meryl Roberts, I don't know about her, but they all was in the same little group together. Now, it's Chloe, uh, Melba Baylor, uh, and like I said, uh, what, uh, I don't know, about five or six of them, you know. But they was all in one little group together, so they sang together. Pearl Masters, I think, hmm. uh, before she married. I remember before one she... song back, way, way, way back. I think, uh, I don't know, I know you was at the church, but I don't know if you were singing. It was uh, Monroe. Well, I Nova. sang the male chorus briefly. 
The mayor, no, it wasn't just the mayor. The mayor Corey. They, they came in on the old ship of Zion, and it was they acted it out, and they walked in from the back, and they walked in up into the choir, but they were oh, yeah. acting out a play with it. Uh-huh. I had to been probably ten when they did those ship of Zion. Do you recall that? Yeah, I remember. I sure do remember it. They did the old ship as a matter of fact. It was yeah, Noble was in, standing actually standing out to the front, and um, I remember asking God, "How can she sing and not even flex or reach back and throw her head back?" And she was hitting high notes just standing in one spot, yeah. but she was blowing. But they were singing, and I was I was touched in amazement by that song, "Old Ship of Zion." Hey yeah. y'all, let me just let me just say this real quick. I know I don't mean to be. I am listening to y'all, but this wings over Jordan got me pulled here. Y'all need to look at this picture. There are several people in this photo that could be mama. Yeah, I mean, Man, I'm just like I, I'm looking right at the photo. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna send it to you on Facebook, Don, and I think Tanya on okay. Well, my dear made mama stop because they were going in too many of the little cities and. And racism was really bad, and it, she had her worried. So by her being her daughter, she didn't want to run that risk of something happened to her because of racism. And people were still segregated. So um, yeah, they were they were really they were still doing it. Now, although the civil rights bill had passed, you know, back in '64, and I don't know yeah. exactly what what what, what, oh, what it year that was. was strong back then. It was still strong. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it really was all over that. See, that was the resentment from having to do it in the first place, you know. Yes. That's just like yes. a lot of so people go to Russia. Yeah, I wouldn't even eat it to Russia. Anytime you have to make somebody feed you, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just simple as that. And, uh, well, yeah. you know, early on, man, you had, to, you had to go back and see how things were during that time. You understand a lot of this that I'm telling you about. Well, well just so happened I'm there and I'm still in my right mind, and I can, I'm can. i just glad to be able to. You know, give you as much information as I can. And uh, for future reference, though, we need to get together sometime and and go over some of these facts, and then we can have a real uh, rendition of, of this program. You know, we can bring it back again. Well, that would be good, and set set all our kids down and let our kids. I mean, because this is what yeah. really history is all about. It's about yeah. not letting your family knowledge die, and you're telling right. about what happened in their lifetime. And you pass it on and you pass it on, but if we don't, we'll only hear other people's story of their history. Now, that's right. So and they could be imitating you and you don't is. even know it. Exactly. Uh-huh. So much has happened in in our our life cycle that I mean that this is what makes you strong. And if you don't give the children the the new generations that's coming up that that bit of information, some of them will go straight and some of them will feel like Oh, there are nobodies and falling to this mess that they're falling in. But if that little bit was said, what? They went through that right. kind of struggle, and yet they stood tall, and yet they worked hard, and yes, they thought they were who they were, and they were to be respected. It's a, bit, it's a whole whole shit of light. So you know, I think uh, it need. I think it needs to be. I Absolutely. seriously think it needs to be. All right, let me do this. Let me do this because people, I know people, you know, they enjoy it and they probably want to know. Uh, are y'all there? Yeah. yeah, I'm here. 
Okay, because uh, blog talk, sometimes I just hang up on you. And by the way, if that happened, please know I didn't do that, folks, because sometimes they just drop you. But listen, uh, Amos, you got a lot of people listening. If if not now, on the archive in the future, it'll be, you know, I told you about one person who already who was, who was just on for like a week, and they had 100 listeners. And, and so that can happen to you, your show. So all these people listening to you, what do you want to say to anybody in the future listening. And by the way, before we forget, the person that, that supplied me with your pictures, I want to say a shout-out to Sandra, uh, Miss Sandra Duke. And why don't you just briefly, since she did send those pictures, let everybody know who she is and what she is to the family, to your family, even if she's on your side. Let everybody – actually, you know what? She's got her hand up. I, I, I wasn't looking at the <laughs> control board. I was over on Facebook trying to send Tanya them a picture of this uh, – Donna and Tanya pictured this uh, photo that, I, that several people look like mom on this photo, but not didn't see her hand. But let me just, Donna, just stay right there, and I'm going to open up the okay. line. Okay. I think this is the phone number we got earlier. Uh, Eric code 903-767. Is this Miss Duke? Yes, it is. How are yeah, you doing? I just, I'm doing fine, and I just wanted to say I really have enjoyed the the program. It's very interesting, um, heartwarming. Um, I love Amos. He has been a great mentor in our family. It's wonderful just hearing the rest. I mean, you all sound like family to me, too, because of him. And I just really enjoyed it. I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. As for, uh, I think this is where we are right now for us to get to the place that we need to be. We need to reach back to family and to God. But uh, I was uh, talking about what I what I wanted to uh, talk to you about was if you're trying to find the uh, album for your mother, you can just uh, type in YouTube and put that song in that group in, and it will pull the songs up for you. Oh, let me go oh. do that right now. You think it's yeah, still around? Yeah, you can find it that way because they do have some of the older songs. Just type in YouTube and then type in the name of the song and the group. You think that old group got songs on YouTube? That's interesting. Yeah, because they do have some of the older songs. If, if they were popular, it would be on there. Just wow. type, you know, right in your search box, type YouTube, then type the song and the group. And okay. if it's there, it'll pull it up. You might can find it that way. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Appreciate that. Now, uh, Sandra, how are you related to Amos, just so we all know who you are? Okay, Amos' mother, Aunt Georgia, was my great-grandmother's sister. Say that again. <laughs> my great-grandmother and Amos' mother were sisters. Oh, okay. Is your, uh, and you, you are Duke, though. Was your maiden name Howard? No, my last name is Duke. Um, my mother's name was Annie Jean Carlock, and that was Amos. Amos, was she your first cousin or second cousin? Annie? Uh, yes. Annie's mother was my first cousin. Uh, okay. Annie's mother. No, she Okay, my grandmother, Ollie, was his first cousin. Okay. And you know what? If nothing else, you are absolutely right. They got Wings Over Jordan Choir, the original Wings Over Jordan Choir, right here on YouTube. 
But Emma, do you know what year she saw with the wings over Jordan? Uh, let me see. No, I, I don't exactly know what year, but we can probably, that we probably could be tracked that down. Uh, check with uh, Bobby Bailey gonna be your best source for that because uh, they were saying with Melvin and when she uh, I think when Irene left and went to the wings over Jordan, they had been with the uh, the Silver Bells. They had I think it started the Silver Reds first and the Silver Bells. Then I'm gonna look at the it. Wings yeah. Of yeah, look all that up. And Miss well, Rogers, uh, Miss Rogers with him, you know, later became Miss Hill. You know her. You remember her, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Ain't Jerry? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. Well. Okay. She was. She had a. She was with that group too, doing that. She was instrumental in, in getting that uh, silver bells and silver started. So, but of course, uh, she's not here anymore. So we can't. Uh, you know. Concerns her, but at least right. Bobby. That's gonna be one of your one of your main sources now. Gonna be Bobby Taylor. Okay. And he'll know in detail all about it. You know, my sister here, she would know, but Bobby, uh, being uh, Melba's brother, well, he would have this information, and he could even lead you to somebody else that uh, probably would have it, because they was in that vein based on what he's doing now, what he did then. So he was directly involved in, in that vein, you see. So he would uh, naturally have that information for you. Okay. Well, listen, Miss Duke. Miss Duke. Yes. You still there? I just want to thank you again for the pictures you supplied for with for the show, and just sharing that information about Wings Over Jordan and and, and the compliment of the show. I really, really appreciate that. Well, you're more than welcome. And uh, like I said, we'll talk later about the whole blog talk thing. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to wrap this show up. But I just want to tell you thanks before I uh, place you back on hold and we wrap the show up, okay? Okay. It's good talking to you guys. All right. Any last words? No, I I just, I said I thank, you know, thank everybody for for the show. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not you. Because I want you to hold on a second. I want to ask you something. I'm talking to Miss. Sandra Dukes right now. Oh, is there any last words before I put you on hold? Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. Hello? Yes. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, yes. No, there's no, no nothing else. It's just that I truly did enjoy it. I, I, I really know that we are at that time and place. Um, uh, Amos had uh, called me, and he was really excited about what you were doing, and I am too, and I thank God for it because that's what we really need, and Right now, we are at a place where uh, we need to reflect back into our history, uh, which your um, cousin, Donna, was speaking. I think the lady's name was Donna. She was saying something that was definitely true. We we do need to grasp back to our roots and, and get back to God and get back to, you know, just loving family. And, Amos, I just want to say to you that you are just a wonderful mentor. God bless you. And uh, what I am is not a reflection of you, but what I have become is because of you. And I appreciate oh. everything that you have done and, and how you stood up for not only family, but for our race. And God bless you. Well, Amen. thank you very much. I appreciate that very much, Sandra. Well, Sandra, I appreciate that. Don't be a stranger. Stop by the show. We're here every Sunday night, 9 to 11, okay? Okay, and I'll be sure I will have to talk about that because I really would like to uh, place you on Anointed Works Presents and let 
people know about you, okay? Well, I appreciate that. We really do appreciate that. All right. Well, God bless you. Bye. All right. All right. God bless you. Just hold on because we're almost done. We've got, we got another five minutes and we'll wrap the show up. <laughs> Donna, any more questions or comments to Amos before I, he get last words? No, it's just that uh, I appreciate everything that he uh, came in a little late, everything that he uh, shared because, again, you know, um, my mom was my mother, and growing up it's a lot of things that we didn't know. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of time it's, uh, oh, my God, I didn't know that. That that, that plays a major role in, in people's lives. And uh, it is good. And nobody sits down and sit and talk about the family anymore. I, I want to know about all of my family. I want to know what it was like. Or is this the reason why I feel this way? Or you know, these kind of things are happening. I, I just want to know about family. And it's good. It's good to know. So i like to say thank you, Amos, for shedding that. And, I mean, that's what it's all about. Anytime, Donna, anytime. Yes. But listen, so I can't wait till we get together. Just so you know, and uh, and anybody else, Tanya, anybody else on the line listening, I don't know if she's still on the line. I think she is. Uh, I think this is a number. Yeah, this is a number. Uh, so Tanya, you, Donna, anybody else uh, in the family, I'm gonna try to send y'all a picture of what I'm looking at. Y'all gonna trip out when y'all. Well, I'm, I'm 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 in the process of putting. I'm gonna it send it to you. Now. Just just give me a minute. I'm gonna send it to you. Well, Donna, I'm gonna put you on hold. And I'm gonna let Amos have the last one. We're gonna wrap the show up, okay? Okay. So are you gonna let him wrap it up and then pray us off? Well, you want to pray after we're done? I think Amos, that'd be good. Okay. Well, just hold on a second, and I'll let Amos just his last words. We've got four minutes, and then we'll end it with a prayer. So, Amos, let me just say, I want you to just take a minute. Think about uh, uh, anything else you want to say, and then we'll just wrap it up, okay? So just take a minute and uh, think about anything Need to say, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll play this one commercial that I, that I really want to get over to people about um about uh what I just I just saw it and lost it. Uh while I'm playing this commercial, I want you to just think about uh what you want to say, then we'll be right back. Okay, this would be a two minute commercial. It's one second okay. everybody. This is a very important message, very important message to the family. Check this out. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. If you're taking one, two, five, or more nutritional supplements, please stop. 
Simplify your supplementation with BioSuperfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered BioSuperfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The BioSuperfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient-dense algae found on Earth. BioSuperfood for the brain helps with focus, memory, clarity, and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. BioSuperfood has zero toxicity, and it's safe for you and your family. Learn more and order your BioSuperfood formulas at BioAge.com, spelled B-I-O-A-G-E.com, BioAge.com, or call 877-288-9116. That's 877-288-9116. BioAge, the age of advanced organics. I like those commercials because they, they really are some good websites. Check them out. Somebody recommended them to me, and uh, they're not that expensive. So anyway, all right, we're back to finish out the show with Amos. Amos, go ahead with your last. you got like a couple of minutes. Uh, anything on your mind, and then we'll wrap the show up. Well, no, I just uh, got a little uh, reminder I would like to give to all of us, you know, for future references. Of course, I'm blessed to be here to even talk about this, and so many people are not. And uh, But what I would like to uh, talk that I would like to leave with everybody you know, one of the most profound realities of our times is simply this. When you could, you wouldn't. Now you want to and you can't. So you must work while it is day, but when night comes, no one can work. So that's what we ought to take and make a difference in somebody's life, you know, because life is too short. Even 80 years old is just like a, a moment with God. So I was blessed. A lot of people have gone on. We don't have this golden opportunity. So I just want to emphasize, help somebody and do what you can while you can. So that's my message to everybody. God bless. Well, if you don't mind, like Donna was saying, you want to offer a word of prayer for everybody listening? Uh, she kind of brought that up. Um, do you want to offer a word of prayer? Or would you like her to do it? Well, uh, he came, but what I said is uh, basically what it would all amount to. I just, uh, what I will say though, unofficially, is uh, I would just uh, thank God that I'm here, first of all, and to bless everybody to have a better understanding and and let us become more more spiritual and less religious. So I, I'm a man of simple words. I like to, you know, say a lot, uh, and with that, saying a lot of words, I just like to be more meaningful in what I'm saying. But, uh, I just like to say to everybody, just you'll make a difference in somebody's life and pray for God's guidance as we go from day to day. And that's about all I would say. And that's, I think if we all do that, we can make a difference in everybody's life. So that's, well, that's and uh, I'm going to open up the line and let Donna whisper a word of prayer. I think she was on, was on her heart. Yeah, let her, yeah she can uh, we, we'll, we'll wrap up the show after she uh, prays. So, Donna. You're on the spot now. Go ahead with your word of prayer. No, I was saying let Amos. Let your guest. Oh, so you being all shy. <laughs> Amos already said what he felt was a prayer, and that was a very good word. Did you want to add to it, or do we need to just no. wrap up the show? He can wrap it up. I mean, he said it all in a nutshell. All right, Amos, one more time. Give us that wise thing, and we'll just close out the show. Amos? Oh, the most, okay. Yeah, I said, you know why the most I like profound reality. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a thought for the day. The uh, most profound reality of our times is simply this. When you could, you wouldn't. And now you won't and you can't. Just don't let that be the story of your life. Do what you can while you can and make a difference in somebody's life. If we do that on a daily basis, what else can you ask for? Well, I like that. I like that. I really like that. Well, listen, folks, y'all heard it. I enjoyed it. I knew you was going to bring a whole lot of science, a whole lot of facts, a whole lot of history. So we're just going to go ahead and wrap the show up, Amos. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by. It's just, I, you know, I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I just, I want everybody to check out this song as we go out our own separate ways. Just one little more thing. Check out this song, listen to the words, um, because it says a lot. It means a lot to me. I play it a lot on this show, and um, it just means a lot. And then after the, after this song, we'll just close out, okay? So good night, everybody, and thank you again, Amos, for the, doing the show, okay? You bet. I'm glad I could right. help. Yeah, you did help. Believe me, you did help. It was a great show. So good night. All right.
Through January 30th, you could win one of more than 17,000 prizes in the O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card giveaway powered by Valvoline. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, pick up a game card, and follow the entry instructions to see if you're one of 500 lucky gift card winners each day. No purchase necessary. See O'ReillySweeps.com for official rules and details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now 
through January 30 if you could win one of more than 17,000 prizes in the O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card giveaway powered by Valvoline. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, pick up a game card, and follow the entry instructions to see if you're one of 500 lucky gift card winners each day. No purchase necessary. See OReillySweeps.com for official rules and details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.